Hello and welcome to this month's episode, or I guess this bi-weekly, I think we're going to do this bi-weekly now, bi-weekly episode of The Gang Papas. I'm Uncle Dad, and with me as always in this is the ever-so-beautiful man, the collector, professional, the one and only retro gaming nomad. What's up, man? I'm doing okay, man. I got a little sick at the beginning of the year, so I spent my New Year's in bed, essentially, but I'm recovered now, getting back into it, got my energy back, so I'm doing all right. How are you? You know, I'm, I've been good, I've been busy, uh, we've been traveling a lot, we've also been sick a lot, so you know, just that time of season, I guess. I'm excited to talk to you about, uh, actually, disclaimer, this is one of, one of the few episodes that doesn't have any alcohol talking it, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, true, because I'm doing dry January, it's, it's January right now, I'm doing dry January, although I do have a beer, I'm drinking a Heineken Zero. It's a beer? I, I, I Honestly, dude, I actually prefer this. And if, if people like are like, dude, you you must be crazy. Try it. I actually like Heineken Zero better than regular Heineken. Wow. Even though it doesn't have the alcohol, the taste, it's a better beer, man. Sorry. Wow. Heineken, you should sponsor us. You can be the exclusive sponsor for TGP. <laughs> but only the yeah, Zero I don't, I don't know, man, because they, they, they sponsor dog fights, and I don't know if I'm down with that. Well, just the, the, maybe not the Zero brand, right? Maybe the Zero brand's a clean one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Zero means no dog fights. <laughs> Zero dog fights here. <laughs> but speaking of dog fights, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about... Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I was what kind of segue is that? We got Michael Vick as a, as a, as a guest or something? What? You know, a lot of people forgot about that. Like, not to get too sidetracked, a lot of people have forgotten about that whole thing. Bro, I did it, man. That was. But you know what's not too dark is your love for Sega classic video games. And today's episode mm. is going to be a little bit of a tribute, if you will, to the newly announced Sega classics that were announced during the Sega. No, no, I'm sorry, sorry. The Video Game Awards that was late last year, I believe. Yeah, super excited because as I've been saying, probably for the past, God, almost past 10 years, but some of these titles, you're looking at probably a couple of decades now. I always felt every time Sega announced a new Sonic game, I would be like, why? They have such a rich history in, in some of these, like, games classic games from their past that they haven't really revisited probably since you know the genesis game gear days made some of them sega saturn and they were just forgot about and then once sega went solely software it seems like all they did was sonic 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 at least in-house there were a couple of releases that were third party that sega was kind of involved involved with but it was usually, you know, just one or two franchises, man. And, and some of these franchises that I grew up on, a lot of people grew up on back in the 8-bit and 16-bit era were just kind of like thrown to the wayside and just kind of forgot about. So when they when they announced like some of the games that are coming out uh, that they're working on, at least. And just recently, we found out, you did some research and found out they just did a, a couple patents on some new new stuff, new old stuff, if you will, coming out. Now I'm super excited. Like I had to. I had to go change my underwear, man, because I'm like so, <laughs> so hyped up for this. But I'm also <laughs> cautious. I'm also cautious. So let's, I don't know, you want to announce the original games that they had announced, and then we'll get into the newer ones that they just got patents for. 
Yeah, so let's talk about what was announced during that, that trailer. That trailer, they announced the following games. Now, these games are have been, they I think, and we'll probably talk about that in a second, is some of them have seen a lot of days since way back, but there's one of them, or two of them, that haven't really had a sequel in a very long time. So the games announced were Jet Set Radio, Crazy Taxi, Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, and Shinobi. Now, just just uh, not to, to sidetrack too much on this, but... What is your favorite of those that were released, that were announced? Oh, man, that's so hard. <laughs> oh, dude, that's so hard. I, 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 I can't choose. Out of all of them, I would say Jet Set and nice. probably Shinobi. Because okay. I, right. I, ever since the original arcade Shinobi, I think 85, 86, when it first came out, I was just enthralled. Plus... I was young at the time, so I was super into ninjas. Like anything ninja related, I was I was like into. Yeah, we were playing ninja in my backyard, dressing on all black, and use my I don't know. I think my dad's dress socks to put a, put over our 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 face and like wrap around our head or scarves like that, just to make our own ninja suits. Because you didn't have that stuff back then. But man, I and Shinobi, I loved the arcade game, and then they released the Revenge of Shinobi, which was console only. It's called Super Shinobi in Japan. There's a little trick, by the way. If you take the cartridge out of the American one, pop it back in and hit reset, it'll say Super Shinobi. Little tidbit. But yeah, Revenge of Shinobi, I even know the, I can even give you guys the code to get unlimited shurikens or ninja stars. Yeah. Go to the option screen, Revenge of Shinobi, go down to shurikens and it asks you how much you want to start with. Put it to, put it to zero, double zero, and you wait about eight seconds. And that double zero will then make a sound go and it'll shrink to an infinity symbol. And now you have unlimited shurikens. Wow. That's a cheat corner. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're welcome, guys. Code corner. There we go. I like that. Code 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 corner. (laughs) Yeah, man. So I can't decide between the two because I, I love the Shinobi series. They even made one, you know, they came out Shinobi 3. Then there's the Shadow Dancer, which kind of kind of a side story. They made one for Sega Saturn called Shinobi Legions, which was it was good. It wasn't great. I still think Revenge of Shinobi was probably the best of the series. Came out with a three 3DS title, which was actually pretty good. Made not in-house by Sega, but they were second party in that one. And then the PS2 version of Shinobi, which I really did not care for at all. I know a lot of people say it was hard as hell. I just, it was super repetitive. I thought it could have been done better, but it was playable. It it was cool. It wasn't great. And then that was it. It's been gone since. <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited because a new one that they showed animated, it looks like, kind of like the messenger, man. And then my other one, Jet Set Radio, that, that one was revolutionary. I think for me, just because it had, you know, that graffiti, that, that hip hop, influence on there there was so much you could do the original dreamcast version with a vmu you're able to even if you had the means hook it up to your computer and create your own tags and put it on the vmu i mean it was it was awesome the soundtrack is legendary and then they did the sequel on the original xbox jet set radio future a lot of the some of the systems were packed in with that one and just a just overall just phenomenal game and that was the game that kind of spawned cell shading you know what I mean? And which was borrowed so much from them. Yeah, it was just revolutionary, man. Now, for Jet Set Radio, can you tell the audience about the sequel, Jet Set Future, like more in depth about that? So Jet Set Radio, the Jet Set Radio Future, it played very much the same. 
yeah. but they they kind of they kind of simplified the graffiti tagging. So on the original Dreamcast version, when you went to go tag your 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 piece, your mural, whatever you want to call it, there's always these these like bad cops coming after you the whole time trying to stop you. Right. And you had a certain limit of time to do basically a configuration with the analog stick. And so when you got up to the wall, it would tell you what to do. So you'd go from bottom to left to spray this. And then you had to go left to right. And then more of the more of the paint would come out. And you had a, a limited time to do it before these baddie cops, if you will, came and busted you for doing graffiti. And that put an element of kind of anxiety in there, kind of like playing Resident Evil Nemesis. You know, Nemesis is constantly coming after you. When they did Just at Radio Future, they simplified it where it was just a button press. And I didn't really care for it that much, but they did clean up a lot of the control. Very much a much bigger game, but I thought they lost a little bit of the originality, especially with how the VMU interacted with Jet Set Radio on the first first one. Or in, in America, they call it Jet Grind Radio because I guess there was a patent already for Jet Set. Had to do with like oh, some, some actual like... Remember that? It was like some actual radio was called a jet set radio and they still had the patent on it. So they couldn't call it that or some shit like that. And they changed up the soundtrack, but all the soundtracks, whether it was Japanese one, the American one, radio future, it was dope. I mean, I, that was the first time I heard Dragula, you know, and then I'm like, when I first, first saw the matrix and they had Dragula in that one scene in the club, I was like, Oh, that's from jet set right there, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Rob, that's kind of, I wouldn't say it introduced me to Rob zombie, but got me to listen to more of his music i guess and yeah that was pretty cool but just that was tight though man it it was really cool really really uh, good game i loved that game when that came out but it's funny because i played it not that long ago and it's good it's good but it doesn't to me it's like kind of what you said about the simplicity of it it doesn't hold up as much as the this version, Dreamcast version is pretty fun still, but the Xbox version, in my opinion, is kind of meh. Like it's, it's good. It's not a bad game. It just needs a lot of. It just needs. I don't know. It's just too simple. Like like you said, and I yeah, wonder. Yeah, it, it lost uh, a little bit of its flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm curious in your in your mind, what you're know, talking about the classic remake. Do you think that they're going to keep it simple, or do you think they're going to go back to the original roots of it? See, I don't know, man. Because this is this is what concerns me. Because when I said I was, I was, you know, very excited but also but cautiously cautiously optimistic at the same time was because a lot of those developers like hitmaker you know the sega in-house am3 like am2 a a lot of these development teams that made these games are either no longer or a lot of those developers have moved on to other development teams so am i excited for this yeah if they do it the right way so uh, one of the games that you brought up was like Streets of Rage and you know the latest Streets of Rage 4 was done correctly. I mean I thought yeah. they did a very good job with that and it wasn't it wasn't Sega it was who was it it was Lizard Cube Dot Emu and Guard Crush that all like co-developed that game but you could tell there were fans of the original especially Streets of Rage 2 which probably my favorite beat em up like ever and one of the best soundtracks you know, ever to this day, definitely, in my opinion, the best 16 bit soundtrack ever made. And if they if they do it right, it's going to be it's going to be good. But, you know, like like that team did Streets of Rage. But who knows, man, with these new ones, I hope it's I hope it's not a money grab. That's what I'm sure. hoping, because there's a there's a lot of Sega fans out there that, that have been waiting for 
this kind of stuff, man. You know, you, you bring up Shinobi to anybody. I, I named my dog Shinobi. You know what I mean? That's, that's how big a fan I am. But you, you bring this up to like some of the classic gamers and, and some of the ones that know about this, this story, the story of Shinobi and, and the main character, Joe Musashi, it builds a lot of hype. So, man, I hope they do it right. Yeah, you know what's interesting about you talking about Streets of Rage and talking about these games is that what concerns me is that we're also in a world where nostalgia, but you know, nostalgia is money right now, right? And everyone yep. wants that nostalgic feeling again, right? Like, oh man, I remember that, blah, blah, blah. Even the people who probably don't game anymore, right? And they're like, oh man, I used to love playing Streets of Rage. And now they see the new one, they'll buy it, whatever, right? And I think the problem with that is kind of what you said about the money grab thing no matter what there is a, a little bit of element to that though right like in some respects these are kind of money grabs i mean would you not agree with that a little bit oh for sure and and i i think it's a fit it when it becomes an official money grab it's when there's no thought depth or feeling into the game that's when it truly becomes a money grab we you know if if they announce it, yeah, absolutely. Because they realized somebody finally got smart at Sega and realized, like, hey, man, we got these franchises just sitting there. Let's bring some of that back. And right away, it sounds like a money grab. And and and, and somewhat it is because they haven't really created anything new. But I think at the same time, they realize how many times can we go to the well with Sonic, man? You know, and and the last and the last couple of Sonic games are actually pretty good. You know, the yeah. Frontiers wasn't bad. It was a, it was a cool 3D game. And then they went 2D with the Sega All-Stars or whatever, and they realized what they had. I think, if anything, Sonic was more of a money grab than anything, because they know they can make their money on Sonic. And with the, sure. with the hype of the, the movie, Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 did very well, and that brought the popularity back. But I think it's a smart decision. I think it's a genius decision if they do it right. They oh, have to do it. Yeah, I think uh, that's always the challenge, though, right? Is like, can they do it right? Can they make it good? Can they make it enjoyable for all? Because, you know, you also can't just think about the re- the retro gamer, right? It also has to be the new gamer, too, right? The kid coming up, mm-hmm. playing with his family, right? All that. I mean, that's the geniusness of Pokemon, right? That Pokemon's a game you can literally play with your family, your, your whole entire generation of kids, right? Because you're like, this is what I play as a kid, right? Yeah, so- exactly. Like the, 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 the parents, that, you know, well, the, the kids that originally played, you know, red and blue and yellow, they're parents now. Yeah. And so when they see the the re-release, oh, I could I could download this digital. All this brings brings me back. And then Starlight and Violet come out, and they play pretty much the same. And but they get their kids involved in it, you know. And it's like, and they're you know, it's essentially made for boys, girls, adults, yep. kids, and anybody can play this game. So you know, I as you know, I work in the industry, and and I sell Pokemon games. You know, I'm selling Pokemon games to dedicated, like, 45-year-old, 50-year-old men. They're not getting it for their kids. They're getting it for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and and that's, and and I think, I think Sega could have did that, you know, and, and, and the situation might have been different. You know, I don't know if they would, it would have stopped them from getting out of the hardware market, but you, you'd think about the Dreamcast days and a lot of people hold the Dreamcast dear to their heart, as do I, but that thing was only out for, what, two and a half years before they right. pulled the plug on it. But look at all the games they could have. What if they did a Streets of Rage for for the Dreamcast four player? You know what I mean? What if they did a Shinobi game on that? They they maximize for sure Crazy Taxi, but you know their their old mascot before Sonic came, Alex Kid. What if they did a, a solid Alex Kid two D platform? You know, even on 
going back to the Saturn, they could have you did it, and they and they didn't, and and it just it wasn't marketed well, and it was just like Sega was just a poorly run company back then, man. And they just they let all these gems go, man. And I just, I just man, I hope they do it right. I can't stress that enough. I hope they do it right because if they don't, I'll be the first one to freaking freaking perfect, <laughs> man. I, dude, you come on the show and tell them. <laughs> oh man, I good. I hold I hold these games. I that's that's my childhood, man. So good memories. I don't want to turn them to bad ones. Yeah, you know. So speaking about going into Crazy Taxi, Crazy Taxi is also one of those ones. That kind of really didn't have a long life either. It did the Dreamcast one, one and two, and then it mm-hmm. went on to three on the original Xbox. But that was kind of about it. They didn't really, and I think the third one was like a Las Vegas themed one, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a Las Vegas casino one, and it played really well. It just was kind of towards the end, I think, of of the Xbox Live. I think in the middle or towards the end of Xbox and. You know, I think the 360 was already being announced and everybody was waiting for the new consoles at the time. And I don't think that game got to shine as much as it should have. Yeah, it was it was a good game, man. It was a Crazy Taxi 3 High Roller, uh, I believe it was called. And then, yeah, and then and then they had little little side ones like on the I think the Game Boy Advance had a Crazy Taxi one fan fanfare. I think it was called or fair something like that. I forgot what it was called. But I mean, even those played okay, but. Yeah, man, it, it was. Then it was just gone. It was just gone, and I remember playing Crazy Taxi. The first time I played Crazy Taxi, man, it was in the arcade. I had, there was oh, a sit down arcade unit in one of the malls in in Pleasant, California, and I would go there. It was a dollar to play, and I just got so addicted to that game. Once the Japanese version came out, I went out and got a Japanese Dreamcast and Crazy Taxi because it was all in English, and I played the crap out of the game because the mini games. Anybody who's played Crazy Taxi knows the mini games on Crazy Taxi was where it was at, man. And I will to this day, I'll do a, I'll do a speed run against anybody on that game. Give me two weeks. Though. Give me. <laughs> give me <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I just recently played. I just recently played uh, number two and was doing the mini games on it, man. And I I forgot how good I was at that game and how much I suck now. <laughs> but but yeah, because well because. You know the Dreamcast controller; it it, it doesn't have two analog sticks. Uh, the original one, at least, they they made a newer one that kind of does. But I'm so used to two analog sticks now that going yeah. back to just buttons on the right side, you got to kind of like retrain. But yeah, man, great times of Crazy Taxi, man. Good soundtrack yeah, you, too. Oh, I was gonna say, I was just gonna ask you about that. Don't you remember the soundtrack? You remember the soundtrack being a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man. As soon as you started, yeah, 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 and you're just like going. And yeah. just uh, the, the the classic cheesy Sega voiceover is like, oh, hey, let's, just, let's go for a ride. Let's go. You know, just, <laughs> depending on depending on was it BD Joe or whatever his name was. It depended on who who the taxi driver was and the different cars and stuff. It was sick, man. That game was fun. Oh man, I, it's, you, you saying the names of the of the game? Wow, the names of the characters that just like brought me back. Wow, because <laughs> I like I haven't really thought about like those characters in forever. And you say that you're like, wow. Those were like, yeah, wow, okay. No, and it's funny because there was a game that came out pseudo recently called Taxi Rush, I think. Taxi. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was basically Crazy Taxi, right? Just yeah. Not it, yeah. Not as, it, yeah. It was, it was broken. It was definitely broken. So I, I was excited for it. I got it. And when I played it, I was like, man, this plays pretty damn close to Crazy Taxi 2. Except the challenge wasn't there. It was so easy and it got boring. 
And I think yeah. that's that's what kind of kept Crazy Taxi kind of too, I don't know, just ch- challenging, absolutely, but kept you coming back was because you had to gain a lot of skill in that game to advance. You had to. I guess unless you put on easy mode, but even easy mode, you would run out of time and stuff if you didn't pick up the right fare and go the right distance and all that stuff and know how to do the the brake turbo, brake turbo, brake gas, brake gas to make your car go fast. If you didn't know how to do that, you were dead. On yeah. that new one, Taxi Rush, you didn't ha- really have to do that. And it just got boring for me, man. I played probably a good... I, f- I finished the game. And I even put it on the harder setting and it just, it was no challenge to me. So I was like, valiant effort. And you could tell there were fans. The developers were definitely fans of Crazy Taxi and they, and, and they did a, they did a good a rendition of their own. It just, it just didn't have the magic that Crazy Taxi did. Oh, for sure. And I wanted to quickly bring up about Crazy Taxi in their game. So, you know, the, if it starts with the arcade, then it goes into Crazy Taxi one and two and the high roller. But you brought up the other one. So there's a Game Boy Advance version called Catch a Ride. Catch a ride, and yep. then there's a PSP P- version. Yep. Yes. Well, the Fair, Fair Wars, which Fair is basically Wars, that's a, what it was called. a port of one and two. And then, did you know these two? There was a free-to-play mobile game called City Rush. Crazy Taxi City Rush. I didn't and know about that. There's another one, another mobile game called Crazy Taxi Tycoon, which uh, came out in 2017. Crazy Taxi Tycoon, I am not familiar with. the first one i am familiar with but i think at that time i still had a blackberry so i couldn't play it i had to have a smartphone <laughs> that's funny i actually still had a palm pilot for some reason i don't know <laughs> oh palm pilots <laughs> so crazy taxi thank you for taking us down that 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 lane pun intended and let's go to uh, we did streets of rage now we did you know so let's do let's do what's the other one not gauntlet golden hat yeah so Golden Axe, I've always been a fan of ever since the original arcade. Two-player, beat em up. Another game that if you played today, it's it's more just nostalgic. It doesn't really hold up to the to the newer, you know, hack and slashers. But it was fun. And then there was a little side story that I really liked. It was called Golden Axe Warrior. And that was made on the Sega Master System. And that was essentially Sega's version of The Legend of Zelda, the very first Legend of Zelda. And it played extremely well. Highly sought after from collectors. And then Golden Axe 2, which never came in arcade. That was strictly straight to console. And that one played very well. Very much like how Revenge of Shinobi was was a, a great, a really, really good arcade game. But the home console part 2 just took it to the next level. I think Golden Axe 2 was like that for me. Awesome game. Then there was a I hate to bring it up, man, but the terrible, I didn't care for it. It was, I believe it was Xbox 360. It was, what was it called? Golden Axe Rider or something like that. I'm looking at it right now. It's called Beast Rider. Beast Rider. Golden Axe Beast Rider. God, that game was terrible. I'm sorry. If anybody likes that game, I'm sorry, guys. First off, Golden Axe has always been at least a two-player game. Right. <laughs> Minus Golden Axe Warrior, which it was on the Master System. I understand you couldn't do two-player, although they did do Golden Axe on the Master System, a uh, two-player. It was more popular in, in Brazil. But yeah, th- that, I, p- I tried to play that game. I was like, dude, this is not Golden Axe, man. This is not <laughs> Golden Axe. Give me, give me this side-scroller Golden Axe beat-em-up style. So on this new one, I really, really hope they do an animated hand-drawn style 
I think that would be sick. And dude, make it four player on one screen like they did Streets of Rage 4. Will there be probably too much stuff on the screen? Yeah, but I'm all for <laughs> it, man. Now, I thought they showed gameplay of Golden Axe on that trailer. Can't remember. I probably got too excited and just freaked out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. And if I remember correctly, it was like, it looked 3D, if I remember correctly. 3D polygons? Ah. Because I don't, I know they showed Shinobi and that was hand drawn. And that was good because I really liked the Messenger. And you could tell anybody who played the Messenger, you could tell they borrowed, they were, they were fans of, of Shinobi. Definitely Revenge of Shinobi. And I don't yeah, want to just. Go ahead. No, go, go, go ahead. I don't want to talk about Shinobi without mentioning the phenomenal Game Gear versions of Shinobi. It's, it's literally called the GG Shinobi single player, but there are puzzle elements onto it. And very much how, God, how can I, how Kirby, like Kirby, you can, you can kind of suck people up and then gain their powers or whatever. And you have different abilities. You couldn't really right. suck people up with Shinobi, but you could choose different Shinobi. So it was like a red one, a blue one, and they all had their different characteristics. Like one through the shurikens, another one had a had a through bombs. Another one could climb the walls. He had claws. He climbed the wall. Another one had like this grappling hook. And depending on the level, you would have to change to that different Shinobi, that different ability, and you can go back to those maps. Once you unlock the other character and get into different rooms you couldn't get into before, you know, a la, you know, Metroid, once you get like different weapons and stuff, dude, those games were fantastic. If you guys got a Game Gear or you got an emulator, play those games, man. They're great single player games. But back to Golden Axe. Well, speaking of Golden Axe and Game Gear, there's a great Game Gear version too. At least I thought it was the Axe Battler. Do you remember that? Yep. Axe Battler. Definitely playable. One, I just remember once there's a bunch of people on the screen, the thing slowed down to like ten <laughs> frames a second, maybe. But yeah, it's playable game, man. They did, they did, they did good with the technology that they that they had at the time, man. That's what I'm talking about. Like they just let these games kind of go to the wayside and just these franchises, and it just did nothing with them. Well, if we're also talking about Golden Axe, we can't forget about the Duel. I know you must have played that. I did. Obviously, <laughs> my least, my least favorite. I it is a fighting game. It was, you know, during the era where Street Fighter was out and everybody's capitalizing on on fighting games. I think Mortal Kombat had just come out. I don't know. When it came, when it came to the fighters other than Virtual Fighter, I don't maybe Last Bronx, but like th- those one-on-one fighting games, 2D fighting games, I didn't think Sega was very good at. I didn't like that one. And then what was the other one they made Eternal Champions or something like that? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Champion, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's some people that like that game. They had the weird ass fatalities on that one, but I just couldn't get into it, man. Good ideas, but I just couldn't get into those. (laughs) It's it's funny too with with talking about their fighting games because I feel like some people like literally like love Eternal Champions. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't get it, man. We we used to play it because I got it, and I eventually got it on Sega CD. I think I have the 32x version too. Only because I got them at like super cheap prices. Because I and my, my some of my friends would come over and we'd play it. But I think it was just the fact that we were so into fighting games. We needed something different than Street Fighter. We played the hell out of Street Fighter Two, the hell out of Mortal Kombat One. And it was just like, okay, what else is there? Oh, well, those Eternal Champions. And I remember like Clay Fighter had come out at the time, and then Time <laughs> Killers. You remember Time Killers, dude? You you could you could kill somebody in one blow as soon as the game started. Just hit the buttons like saw his face off and it's like game over you're like what 
used to play that in the arcade. I I found out the move, and I would kill people in one move, and there goes your quarter. You know what I mean? And it was like, it, oh man, people used to get so pissed off at me. What a sucky game! I don't know, man. That that could do. A, that could get a good remake. Time Time Killers, right? Time Killers, what it's called, right? Yeah, Time. I think it did. I think did Limited Run yeah. or somebody like. Do, I, I oh think somebody God. did. They did. Did they do it? Did they redo it? Let me see. I think you're right. Let me check real quick. I'm pretty sure though that that somebody did do that. Time Killers. Time Killers. That's so funny. Let's see. Time Killers. 1992 ports. Uh, I guess not. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank God. Well, <laughs> I remember you, you were this one caveman dude. He looked like he looked like the Hanna Barbera caveman guy. And <laughs> one of his moves, instead of throwing a fireball, he had like this mallet, the spiked mallet on. And I remember he would he would pull a stone out of nowhere and hit it like a baseball bat at you. And that was essentially his fireball. I was like, God, oh this is God. so bad, dude. This is so bad. Uh, but I, I gotta I admit, we had fun. We we had fun with it. Oh, of course, dude. How could you not? I love bad shit like that. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about. We got all those out the way, but let's talk about Streets of Rage really fast because you got to bring up the horrible Xbox game that came out. Streetwise. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God they didn't call it Streets of Rage. But it is essentially the sp- spiritual successor to the Streets of Rage franchise. And I got to meet the guy who voiced the main character. I forgot. I Please forgive me. I forgot his name. I really? got to meet him. He was, Yeah, he was, at, he was at one of our conventions at work. You know and what? I, I said, hey. I have to correct this right now. Streetwise actually isn't a Street of Rage game. It's a Final Fight game. Yeah, but Final Fight was Capcom. This was actually made by Sega. I don't care what they say. It was a it was a it was a Streets of Rage sp- spiritual successor. Okay, okay. I want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cap- Capcom did Final Fight, but you never know. I mean, it was during that time where there was rumors that Capcom and Sega were going to remember a while ago. It was like Capcom and Sega were going to kind of team up and possibly release a console. Remember that? It was after really? the Dreamcast. Yeah, there was like there was like some the rumors kind of swirling around that them and it it was like a it was like like for arcade junkies it was, it was possibly sega capcom and i think namco or it was sega and namco or something like that i don't know but there it was it was talking about releasing a that's when the whole speculation of dreamcast 2 was coming but then the oh, original yeah. xbox came out I do remember that. Okay, yes, yes, I remember that. And then some people call the Xbox like Dreamcast Two, not the Dreamcast Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you look at the franchises that it brought along: Crazy Taxi, Shenmue, you know, Fantasy Star. Yeah, but yeah, Street Streetwise. Oh God, yeah. So I got to meet the the guy. So he was at our convention, and he does voiceovers. And he goes, "Yeah, one of my first jobs." He goes, "And none of you guys played this." He was on stage, and he goes, "It was uh, called." Uh, it was called Street. Oh, what was it called? The full name? Yeah. Final Fight Streetwise. Final? No, what was it? Final Fight. There's no Final Fight in it. In Streetwise? I just have, yeah, I just have Streetwise. I have to check my box. Because I'm looking at it right now, and it says Final Fight Streetwise. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember it saying that. Are you thinking of Beatdown? Was it Beatdown? 
remember that one too? There was a beatdown that that was kind of like a. Yeah, I would have I'm, to. I would have to. Like, what's that thing? What's that? What's that theory called? Where you think you remember something and it's not what you remembered? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the Mandela effect. There you go. Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about that lady with the fruit of looms? No. <laughs> so she she was swearing that fruit of looms uh, logo had a. Was it called a cornucopia or whatever the 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 cone? I forgot what it's called. I'm, I I might be saying it wrong. Well, but anyways, anyways, yeah, like a little cone basket, like a weed basket, right? Yeah. Yes. And she's like, okay. "Yeah, it had that on there, one of your logos." And they officially said, "No, it hasn't." And she goes, "No, I swear to God, it did." And so they, Fruit of Loom, the company, it was it Haynes Fruit. I don't know. Maybe it was Fruit of Loom for Looms. Who knows? But they said, no, these are all our logos from past to present. And she goes, no, that's not all of them. So she went in her drawer, told all her friends, bring all your underwear, whatever you got. And she found it. No way. <laughs> she found it and took a picture. She's like, ha ha. And so is, is the Mandela effect really the Mandela effect? Or are they changing it to where we don't remember anymore? And they're changing our memory. Oh God, that's gonna get too crazy now. <laughs> Where's hey, the game? You got me. Yeah, well, you got me. I gotta, I gotta grab my box, man, because I gotta see. Does it, I gotta see if it say, says Final Fight? Maybe I'm thinking of a complete different game. I'll be right back. Okay, okay. <laughs> While Miss Mister Nomad goes does that, I will quickly talk about uh, the game he, we're talking referring to. Yeah, so Final Fight Streetwise came out i believe in the 2000s let's see here okay i got it here never mind he got it let's see no you are right it's called spike out battle street that's what you're thinking of that's right oh my god spike out battle street is like the spiritual successor man to streets of rage and yeah i met the guy who voiced the the main character on this because he brought it oh. up on stage. He brought it up and he goes, yeah, I voiced one of the first games I ever did was this terrible game called Spike Out Battle Street. I know none of you played it. And I just stood up and I go, woo! And he was like, except for that guy. <laughs> and so <laughs> I got to meet him after. I was like, hey, I'm the one that wooed you on stage. He goes, dude, you really play that game? I said, I have it. And I said, had I known you would have been here, I would have brought the cover and have you sign it, man. And so he's like, dude, you could send it to me, man. I'll sign it. I never got around to it. Oh, man. That's crazy. Wow. Wow, <laughs> that's insane. Wait, but what is this yep. here? Yo, check this out, good sir. Uh, mm-hmm. Spike Out is also based on a series called Slash Out, I guess? I don't know. Okay, so check it out. Slash Out, which was a slash em, a slash em up set in the medieval setting, was developed and released in 2000, also for arcades. A spinoff called Spiker's Battle, adding a versus fighting element, was developed and released in 2001. Again, for arcades, another follow-up, follow-up, what's called Spike Out Battle Street, was developed by Dimps and released exclusively for Xbox in 2005. A new port for the very first game is going to be included in the 2024 release of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, there's a lot of crazy things happening right now with this whole Streets of Rage right now. <laughs> yeah, nuts, man. But yeah, you got to give props to the, the uh, Streets of Rage One was fantastic. Streets of Rage Two took it to the next level. Like I, I like we said, in my opinion, the best 16-bit soundtrack ever. Number three was good. It got a little weird, 
And then when they released four, you could tell they wanted to play a lot like number two, just more juggling and four play at the same time. Fantastic. I just, I hope they do it right, man. I hope they do it right. You know, and uh, before we wrap up here, because there is a lot to talk about, uh, we, we brought up briefly that we discovered that there was new patents being uh, worked on or, or what's it called? Filed. There we go. And so those patents are as follows. So far, the patents are Alex Kidd, Afterburner, Hassel Dead, Outrun, Super Monkey Ball, Altered Beasts, Eternal Champions, and Kid Chameleon. With good confidence, these other three have also been filed as well. Panzer Dragoon, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Sakura Tyson are in early stages of development as well. How does that make you feel? Um, I think Alex Kidd needs to be carefully redone because the first Alex Kidd in Miracle World, which was re-released on the uh, Xbox One and PS4 with new graphics and everything, that was that was my Mario Brothers growing up. It's it only one player, though. You can do two players, but as if anybody listened to our podcast where I was a huge Sega kid growing up, I wanted a, I wanted a Master System over NES, and Alex Kidd was like their answer, and it was a fantastic game with a bunch of Easter eggs, if you will, and the gameplay was fantastic. They then released the absolutely horrible sequel, which was called Alex Kidd, The Lost Stars. That game sucked ass. And then, <laughs> really? It, oh, dude, that game was so bad. I was like, it, 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 oh, it made me stop playing the first one. <laughs> then they did, then they did Alex Kidd Enchanted Castle and they tried to, they tried to grab the magic of the original one. And they just couldn't, they couldn't do it, man. And the ones on the Master System were, were, were pretty good after the Lost Star. So a- after Alex Kid Lost Star, they released Alex Kid High Tech World, which was Whoa. short, but played very well. And then they released the highly sought after Alex Kid in Shinobi World, which is a fantastic game. Collector's edition, uh, collectors definitely want that one for sure. But that that was like, that was insane. I kind of knew what they were doing. Like, hey, let's take one of our characters and put him in a world of another one of our characters and just kind of do this hodgepodge, and it worked. It, it played very well. And then Enchanted Castle came out on the Sega Genesis. It just didn't play as well. That was kind of Sega's pseudo-mascot after Opa Opa. They went to Alex Kidd and then eventually Sonic. And I don't think they ever really captured the magic of those of that original one, man. So Again, I hope they do this one right. I don't know if the original developers for the original game are around, but I hope they are. And then, of course, you know, my favorite series of all time is Panzer Dragoon. Oh, yeah. Completely changed my world when I first played the first Panzer on the Saturn. Panzer Dragoon's Vi, number two, I think is still to this day one of the best rail shooters ever made. Then they flipped the script and made an RPG called Panzer Dragoon Saga. The game is worth a thousand to two to three thousand dollars, depending on the condition. If you have it uh, sealed or complete in box, which I do have a, cu- a couple, you 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 know you seen you seen my collection. You know how big a Panzer fan I am. Um, <laughs> and then and then going back to uh, original Xbox, which a lot of people call the Dreamcast too. Uh, they made Panzer Dragoon Orta, which played a lot like the original shooters one and two. There was a little side side one too on the Game Gear called Panzer Dragoon Mini which played very well as well. 
Yeah, that only in Japan. You would have to import that one. And then they released the absolutely terrible Crimson Dragon for the Kinect on the Xbox 360. I do oh, not that's... remember that. I <laughs> yeah. do not. I do not. I do not call that one a Panzer Dragoon game, although it's in the same world and it's one of the developers. But if anybody wants to read the story of the developers, I highly recommend it, especially after Panzer Dragoon, because there was this like dark cloud that had happened during the development where like some of these people died and they like, like horrific deaths. Like, I I don't, I don't know what was going on with this. And a lot of people like, Oh, they'll remake Panzer Dragoon saga. Maybe they will, but they lost the original code to it. So if they do it, they have to do it from the ground up. And that's another one of the reasons why that game is so sought after. Cause they only made, I think 20,000 copies of it. And it's considered by a lot of people who've played it one of the best RPGs they've ever played, including myself. And the whole, if anybody's played Panzer Dragoon, they know that there was like a language kind of created that's kind of based on German, but has some Latin kind of mixed in there. The art on the game, world-renowned artists have worked on like the cover art and the pamphlets on this game. I mean, it was was such a, a task that anybody who's played these games will know how much work was done on it. And I cannot tell you how excited I am about the new pan new Panzer. Now they remade the original one and yeah. I thought it was okay. I don't think it captured the magic of the first one. It was, it, it, it felt kind of slow, but anybody who's a fan of the original one, they'll respect the, the Panzer Dragoon remake. And apparently number two's in the, in the works right now. And they better do number two, right, man. Cause number two was for me, groundbreaking. I mean, that, that game is, to this day, one of my all-time favorite rail shooters. Man, I love the passion you have for that. I really do. And I, we could talk about all the rest of them, but I just want to bring up one last one, and then we got to wrap up here. But I got to bring up, because we've talked about House of Dead in the past, Eternal Champions uh-huh. we already touched about, Kid Chameleon, that's cool. But I got to bring up OutRun, because who oh, yeah. the fuck talks about OutRun anymore? Yeah. <laughs> no, OutRun... Uh, yeah, I played that one arcade, the seat moving game. I was lucky enough to actually meet the creator, Yu Suzuki. And I had him sign. It was at the GameStop in Milpitas, I believe he was there. And he was signing copies for Shenmue. And I went there and I had my Shenmue copy. But I was like, you know, fuck that. I'm going to take all because I'm such a big fan of his. So I took he did he did a uh, hang on. So I took that. He did oh, outrun. Yeah. So I took that cover, all Master System. Actually, no, I took the whole case. He did Afterburner. He did Ferrari 355 Challenge. He did all these simulation kind of games. And I took him over there. He had a translator there. And he was only signing one copy. So I go up there and I I bow. I call him Suzuki-san, everything. I was like, can you please sign my games? And then the translator doesn't even, he, he, he doesn't talk to you. He just comes to me directly. He goes, no, he's only signing Shenmue. And I was like, oh, man, I had my game gear with the master gear converter with wow. with outrun in there and i had it plain and then he goes no he puts him to the side he goes no and he tells him come here and he asked the guy and the translator asked me he goes uh suzuki san wants to know do you still play these and i was like i'm playing it right now and he grabs he grabs a hang on and he looks at it and he you could see like the the memories that he had and he's just kind of holding it kind of bowing his head like yeah he goes, this is my first game I worked on. And I was like, wow. can he sign them? And so I took all the covers out and he signed every single one, dude, including my Shenmue. 
I took a picture with him and it ruined it for everybody else because the next person in line, he was like, well, I want my Shenmue and my strategy guide signed. He goes, no, he's only going to sign one thing. And the guy goes, he just signed six things from that other guy. And he goes, <laughs> and, and the other guy goes, well, do you have hang on and afterburner? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, no. He goes, yeah, he's only signing one thing. And I, I dude, I got so lucky. Who was my manager at the time? He went with me. Pete, Pete DeLuke, if you're listening to this, thanks for taking me, man. Cause that was, that was a memory I'll never, ever forget, but hang on. And they made some spinoffs on that one. Hang on. God, what? 2000. Hang on 3D. I got Coast to Coast is a highly sought after. Great, great games. That's my favorite outrun of all time is Coast to Coast. Yeah, dude. Such great games, man. And, and, and I'm huge, huge fan of Ferrari. And, and so is you. I mean, Yu Suzuki obviously puts a Ferrari and then he owns a Ferrari. And that's what, why he made Ferrari 355 Challenge in the arcade with a multi-screen. Oh, really? Yeah, so it has a multi-screen in the arcades. And the Dreamcast version, you could system link. So you could play people one-on-one. I just Great series, man. Great music. That was the first time you could choose your different music in the game. Remember that? Had magical oh, sound, sound shower. You could change, the, oh, what, what did I want to race to? Different paths. Oh, dude, just fantastic game, man. Great memories. And it totally like set the, and, you know, in some respects, it kind of makes me think for me, at least it makes me feel like it kind of set the groundwork for games like Forza Horizon in some respects, especially coast to coast. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that tropical, like, you know, you go through the world kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's Burn, such a beautiful Burnout, game. all those. Burnout, yeah, it's a good one too. Yeah. I would say that they're all kind of like, Outrun was a huge part of that, like the founding level of everything, right? Yeah, and I wanted to get the ar- arcade one up of Outrun, the sitting down one, but I got no room in my in my game room <laughs> right now. But if I was to come across it at a good price, I would definitely get it. I did want to bring up one of the games you brought up was Kid Chameleon. Yes. That was one of the games that was made by Visual Concepts, who's now known to making the NBA 2K games. Visual Concepts did that one, and I was actually a tester on that game. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was a tester on Kid Chameleon. And as good as that game plays, it didn't play that good when I was testing it, man. It, <laughs> it it was rough, dude. It was back in the days where you had to run into a wall like 80 times in a row to test collision detection. And yeah, it it sucked. <laughs> but it, it came out to be a very good game, though. Very, very good game. Kid Chameleon's awesome. It, it is awesome. And I will say it has one of the best, like one of the funniest, one of the most 90s like protagonist in a game, right? <laughs> He's wearing a leather oh, jacket. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> he got like three glasses on to it. No, he had Ray Vans on. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Ray Vans. <laughs> yeah, he's like oh, on a skateboard or whatever. Yeah. Kid Chameleon, man. It was basically Super. Sega's version Sega's version of Kirby. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Okay. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because you yeah, the- you gain you gain the powers of all the, the guys you hit and you can use their powers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think Kid Chameleon is also a franchise. Well, that also had a a, a remake came out recently. No, I don't know. I don't know if Kid Chameleon did because I thought it did with around the same time as the other one. The uh, the one we we're just talking about, Alex Kid. No, hmm. I, tripping? I don't. Uh, I don't know if Kid Chameleon did. I know Rocket Knight Adventures is getting a new one. Oh, there's an unfit. Or is there, there was an unofficial remake of Kid Chameleon. What was it called? So, this, it's Chameleon, this Chameleon Kid. <laughs> no, it's called Kid Chameleon, <laughs> but it's unofficial. <laughs> but 
Well, you know what? With all those series, man, and all the things they're doing, it's very exciting to see Sega kind of come back and bring back its roots. But you know what I'm looking for? I hope that we see Echo the Dolphin come back. (laughs) That would be one for the book. That's one game. (laughs) Would Would you say VR? Yeah, imagine it in VR, you're in water, you're like, oh, man, that could be cool, oh, man. Yeah, you get to swim, first person, yeah. and you jump on a dolphin? Bro. No, you are. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Dolphin. <laughs> Uncle Dolphin, yes. Uh, but yes, that is our chat on the Sega Classics. Uh, I, I love how passionate you are about Sega and what it, what it means to you, and I think there's no, nothing better when we get to talk about the things we love and the memories you have for it, right? That just... It's un- yeah. It's just you can never match that feeling of what gaming means to all of us. So thank you, Mr. Nomad, for sharing your memories. And hopefully we will get these remakes and they will be awesome. I worry that they might not be, but, you know, hey, you still got the originals, yeah. right? Yeah, me too. I'm worried about that, too. And before we end, don't forget about that Shinobi code, guys. Yes, that was from uh, the Code Corner. <laughs> All right, everybody. As always, I am Uncle Dad, and you can find me on Instagram at Uncle Dad Talks. And of course, with me as always at the Game Papas is Mr. Nomad. You can find him at Retro Gaming Nomad on Instagram as well. Is that correct? That is correct. All one word. All one word. And remember, but remember, everybody, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And remember, peace, love, game on. Take care, everybody. Bye.